This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Our topic today is financial guidance for caregivers, people who are spending time and lovingly taking care of someone. What kind of financial guidance can we offer to them? And today I have with me Amy McFarlane. Amy has some unique perspective in this area, having been through that experience herself. And uh, welcome, Amy. Good morning, Mary. How are you? I am great, thank you. Good. I'm excited to hear you talk on this topic. Well, good. Well, one of the reasons that we thought that this was an important topic is because we've had a lot of clients who have come in and have said, you know, all of a sudden my my spouse has an illness and I need some help because I've never had to deal with some of these things before. In fact, I was visiting with a client whose spouse now has Alzheimer's and she talked about how exhausted she was. She mentioned that her whole life seemingly had been put on hold and everything is now wrapping around her husband's illness and his needs. And while she's really happy to care for him and and lovingly is taking care of him, she does feel very overwhelmed by the sheer mountain of paperwork. And these are things he used to handle, you know, things that now she is going to be in charge of. And, And basically, she was looking for an easier way to manage it all so she could really focus on her time with him. Okay. And Mary, along those lines, how does someone begin to organize paperwork and get all their ducks in a row? You know, getting organized is probably the first step. I think it, that's a really good point. And it's a hard place to start. It is. It's like cracking that egg. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you're not familiar with it. We've had situations where we've literally gone into people's houses with them, into their spouse's <laughs> office, and helped them go through paperwork to see what needs to be kept, what needs to be thrown, how to file things. But there are a few things that um, in order to kind of wrap your hands around the situation that we would definitely recommend and along the lines of getting organized, one of the first things to do is to figure out what your daily cash flow issues are. So if if your spouse has been the one that's been handling your finances and all of a sudden you're the one that's going to be doing it, the first place to start is figuring out where your incomes are, what kind of money you have coming in. You know, that might be coming from Social Security. Mm -hmm. It might be coming from pensions, from investments, things like that. And then you have to figure out where the money's going out. Right. So what kind of expenses do you have? Um, And, you know, from your housing to your regular bill paying to your everyday things like groceries and gas. So we've actually developed a really great tool that is a um, budgeting tool that is specifically for caregivers. um, Because... As when you have someone in that situation with an illness, a lot of money is flowing out the door towards medical needs. And so being able to budget for that and staying on top of those medical bills is a big thing. That you had previously not right. planned on or exactly. cared about. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other thing that I recommend is that you have a very good system of organization for paying your bills. So we've actually developed a bill pay organizer, too, because if you've not been the one that pays those bills, then it's really easy to let a date slip by Mm -hmm. that a bill is due or to not even recognize that something needs to be paid. Mm -hmm. And then in today's day and age, you know, we tend to pay some bills by through the mail, we tend to pay some bills online, we tend to forget to pay some bills. And so having a good organizer that says, here's the date that the bills are due and here's how I generally pay them helps you remember how to do it. And then the last piece of a good bill pay organizer is to make sure you've got your passwords handy. You know, if you're going online to a site, 
and you need to get sign in with your password to know where that information is is very important. Not to mention if it was your spouse's password. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Amy, tell us a little bit about the situation that you went through when you were caring. You were in that caregiver role. I was. I was in that role for about five years with my mom. My dad had passed away. And as so oftentimes happens, I saw this when I was working for an assisted living and memory care place as well, spouses tend to protect each other. And oh, they sure. maybe don't share with their children. They're, they are still protecting those children. Um, so my mom had some dementia, um, which came was onset somewhat by the death, uh, you know, a tragic mm-hmm. event. But through those five years, um, it's difficult because you're getting into muddy waters where you normally have not tread. Now, it's different, yeah. obviously, as a child. Mm-hmm. of a parent as opposed to um, a spouse. But it is really a draining experience, and you start to feel like you're kind of losing your identity if you don't stay organized, and you have to start running that person's life like a business, like your mm-hmm. own finances. I think that's a really good way to put it, to help mm-hmm. them run that financial side of life like a business. Um, you know, there's a lot of emotion involved at this time in life. And so being able to separate the emotion from the economics is a good thing. Yes. Um, so you're listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. We're on KSCJ. And today we're talking about financial guidance for caregivers. One thing that we have put together for our listeners is a caregiver financial kit. It includes several different pieces and tools that you can use to help get your ducks in a row if you are in that caregiver role. You just need to call our office at 605-217-3555. We have uh, operators standing by 24 hours a day that can get your information so we can send you your caregiver financial kit. So please call in. Um, The other thing that we have to offer is that we're actually putting on a seminar to teach people more about what they need to know if they're in this caregiver role. And that seminar is going to be on February 23rd. So if you're interested in joining us to learn more about financial guidance for caregivers, we'd love to have you join us at that seminar. What day of the week is that, Mary? Do you remember? I believe that's a Tuesday. Okay. I was just thinking. Okay. Um, One of the other things that... um, I want to just kind of mention is that there is both the emotional and financial impact when it comes to being a caregiver. There is. And there, um, there is a toll that it takes. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously from a physical standpoint, if you're, if you're helping lift a person that you're caring for, you're, you know, or you're taking care of them physically, there's a toll, there's an emotional toll. But the financial toll is there too. And it's interesting because when I did some research on this, I found that um, about 70% of caregivers report having to make adjustments to their own work schedules to accommodate caregiving. So one of the things that people don't think about when they're, you know, going through this is that if you have to change how your own job works, that's going to impact your income. Yes. And so kind of looking ahead to determine what the long-term impact of less income for you is going to be or what the long-term career impact is going to be is definitely a part of the whole financial, you know, planning that needs to go into this. And I would guess, excuse me. 70% 70% is low. Yeah. I, I don't know any caregivers that it hasn't affected their sure. own work <laughs> schedule, not, yeah. imagine, not to mention their personal life. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I can definitely say is that in order to um, be 
doing the best job that you can financially, it is important to do two things. Number one, it's important to seek financial advice from someone so that you know that you've got everything covered, all your bases are covered. Because trying to navigate through this alone is oh. it's really like traveling, trying to navigate on a boat through rough waters without having a captain on the board. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, having someone on your team that you can talk to, having someone that you can bounce questions off of just to make sure you're on the right path is, is a very good thing. The other thing from a financial advice standpoint is a lot of times the person who is now ailing is the person who's handled things like doing the taxes or handling the investments or making banking decisions. And um, so when this might be new to you or you might be the one that's taking this over now, um, a really important place to start is to talk to your loved one who is ailing and who is sick and find out what's important to them. Mm-hmm. So if they're still in a position where they can communicate with you, maybe why they have things set up the way that they have and what's been important about that, then um, if you can get that information, then you can wind it into what you're going to continue to do going forward. The other thing about finding out what's important to your loved one is that you can communicate that to your financial advisors, you know, because the financial advisor that's going to give you good advice is going to understand what you value, what's important in your life, why you've made the decisions you have, and then be able to help you build on those strengths to create a really good cohesive plan for you going forward. So what we've talked about so far is, number one, finding out what's important to your loved one so you can make sure that you have a cohesive plan going forward. Number two, getting organized with your paperwork, your investments, and getting your ducks in a row. And we have some great tools that we can help you with with that. And number three, seeking financial advice so that you make sure that as you move forward, the decisions you're making make sense and are the best, most educated decisions going forward. I I think that with the topics you're discussing The really best advice I can give is a preventative talk with your spouse or with your children, whether you're seeing some signs. um, Maybe it's going to be um, not something that you can plan on. But I think having the talk ahead of time about some of these things, if you or I, something would happen, because it is so much easier to have the conversation before you need to. Sure. And um, as a caregiver, I can say, what stress would have been relieved had I not had to do all the investigating into, you brought up pensions, things such as that. Um, anyway, let's. but let's, Mary, if you would, I would love for you to comment a little bit about the caregiver's health, the caregiver's well-being. Right, because, you know, in the role of a caregiver, you're spending a lot of emotional time um, and a lot of your just physical time providing that care. And um, it does take a toll. So there's actually something out there that I think is a fantastic thing that um, really hits home. And it's called the Well Spouse Bill of Rights. And really it talks about what are the rights of the caregiver? Because if you spend all of your energy taking care of someone else, that can be very depleting. And um, even though it's something you want to do and you love doing, there is a point in time where you do have to be able to say, it's okay to take care of myself. And that's maybe the first thing that's on the Caregiver Bill of Rights is you have the right to take care of yourself. And that is not an act of selfishness. 
And um, you also have the right to protect your individuality and, and the right to make a life for yourself that will sustain you going forward. And one of those things is thinking about on the financial side, you know, what are the things that as you care for your spouse where they're ailing that you need to be doing, but also thinking beyond that. And, and nobody wants to think about losing a spouse, but there are some things, the preventative type of yes. things that you can do ahead of time to make sure that whenever you do get to the tragic point where you have lost someone you loved, that your finances are set up in, in the best way possible so you don't have to spend a tremendous amount of time working on those when really what you're doing is grieving. Yes. So um, I there there is a great... Um, website called thewellspouse.org that has the Well Spouse Bill of Rights on it. I encourage anybody who is a caregiver to go take a look at that because I think it's got just some great things in it that, that can help you along the way with your journey. Um, one of the tools that we have that's part of the Caregiver Financial Kit that we're giving away is called a Beneficiary Guide. And this is a very helpful tool for people to get all of their things organized and let people know what their wishes are. So, for instance, in our Beneficiary Guide, you can you can list out where everything is. You know, sometimes we've had situations where there's a safe deposit box, but nobody knows where the key is. Mm-hmm. Been there. <laughs> and that's because it's in Grandpa's shoe that's in the back of the closet on the right <laughs> shelf on the, you know, top yes. side. So, or there's a padlock yes. and you don't know the number. <laughs> exactly. So a, a beneficiary guide that contains information like that, but also where all the accounts are, where the investment accounts are, where the bank accounts are, what insurance policies are out there. Just being able to house that for people who are going to have to take care of that for you going forward is a very important thing. And Mary, I remember also in that uh, booklet is some a more personal side too. What are some yep. of the questions it might generate? Um, On the personal side of it, it talks about, you know, what do you want to happen when you do pass away? You mm-hmm. know, are there certain possessions that you want to go to certain people? Is there certain hymns that you want to be played at your funeral? Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, do you want to be the one that writes your own obituary? And I want to say these are all questions that beneficiary pack, packet yep. is a great starting point maybe with your spouse when you're still fine. Yes. Go through these questions and they can be kind of funny, you know? Yes, it is interesting. And I'll tell you, I don't know how many people listening today have ever had to write somebody else's obituary, but it is really difficult it's very to difficult. do that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, filling out something like this beneficiary guide is actually a huge gift to your family when you can take some of that pressure off of them when you can say, here's what I really want to be said about my life, or you can just help them get organized. It is a just a giant gift that you're giving to them. Absolutely. So I encourage everybody to do that. So call in to 605-217-3555. Request your copy of our free caregiver financial kit. Includes some great organizational tools. It includes this beneficiary guide. And um, I think it will be a very valuable resource for you. Next thing we're going to talk about is... Um, the couple of things that caregivers really don't want to hear. <laughs> Sometimes yes. we think we have the best of intentions when we're talking about that. Yes. And and there are some definite things that people just don't want to hear. Yeah, these points are just excellent. Right. So one of the things that um, we have found that people say to caregivers is, well, doesn't Medicare pay for that? Or doesn't your insurance mm-hmm. pay for that? And, and there's really just a 
giant misunderstanding from people who have no experience with long-term chronic care about what the actual finances look like. You know, Medicare might pay for some things, private insurance might pay for some things, but more often than not, there's a large financial burden left on, on the caregiver and their person they're taking care of to handle it. Yes. So... That's just something that I can advise you is best not to say. <laughs> yes, and it'd be better to say, you know, I'll, I'll do some checking into that for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we hear sometimes is um, it must be hard to work and take care of your spouse. So why don't you just quit your job? Oh, yes. Um, and I'm sure that's probably kind of a maddening question for people because... Um, you know, one of the things is that people might be maintaining a job out of financial necessity. That's right. And sometimes it's that people are maintaining a job simply because they need the break away from caregiving to go do something else, um, just from an emotional standpoint. So, and, and both of those are good reasons to have that. Plus, there may be a myriad of other reasons, but that's one thing that has um, kind of risen to the top of the list is something that is not what caregivers want to hear and it's not a helpful thing to be talking to them about. Might be better to ask, how can I help you balance out your work with your caregiving? Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Another question that really gets under their skin is, oh gosh, don't don't you just think that they belong in a nursing home? Mm -hmm. Why don't you just Uh put them in a nursing home? Mm -hmm. And the reality is that that's an offensive thing to say. Yes. Um, You know, most people don't really want to go to a nursing home. Mm -hmm. Most caregivers want to be able to provide that loving care to people that they are, you know, have spent their life, you know, connected to. And um, so it's just something that, while, yes, there may be a point that that happens, that's an end result that people get to at some point in time that they prefer not to, but it's not something to necessarily suggest, even if you have the best of intentions. That is right. And you don't want to suggest that you're saying to that caregiver that your um, loved one is being neglected right. or abused. Or worse yet, I don't want to hear any more about what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So... You know, the another thing that is, is not very helpful for caregivers to hear is the phrase, just call me if you need some help. Ugh. And and the reason that that is just not as helpful is because there are times where they need the help, but most people generally have a hard time asking for help. It's right. <laughs> I think you're better off to say, what what are you finding difficult now? Mm-hmm. How do you get to the grocery store? How do you, do you need, you know, do you want to go to the grocery store and get, you know, and have me right. sit? You know, so yeah, things like, can I help you do some shopping? Could yes. I take you to the movies? Could I go get some groceries for you? Are more helpful than saying, just call me when you need some help. So unintentionally people, um, you know, don't necessarily think about the impact of it and, um, and I guess that that's just something that we wanted to put out there because if you can help understand the emotional impact of what someone's going through, I think you can really bring some value and help them with that. The last thing that I want to just touch on is that I do think it's important to get some legal advice when you're in the caregiver role. So for instance, um, if the person you're caring for already has a will and some powers of attorney, like a financial power of attorney or a healthcare power of attorney, those are really good things. And you might want to have those reviewed to make sure that if there comes a time where your spouse or loved one can no longer handle things, that the powers of attorneys are valid and that you have the rights as the caregiver to handle the financial accounts. 
If you don't have those things in place, a will, a financial power of attorney, and a health care power of attorney, I highly recommend that you do that before your loved one gets to a point where they're mentally incompetent. Yes, not to mention, and I've seen this a couple times, where they become unable to sign their yes. signature, and that can really put you in a bad spot. Right. So give us a call, 605-217-3555. Request your free copy of the Caregiver Financial Kit, which includes some great organizational tools and the Beneficiary Guide. And join us at our Caregiver and uh, Loss of a Loved One seminar that's on February 23rd. Which is a Tuesday, I checked. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.